right, all right, all right. Court is in session, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this is the Zero Hour, right? You got Mark Fitz, your co-host, and who do we got uh, to my right? You have Christine Chapman, your oh, host. Yeah, we got an Welcome. in studio before. We have Jeff say hello. Hang on a second, Jeff. You guys think I have a lot of energy? Holy shit. This guy, <laughs> I might have to ask him to slow his roll a little bit. And I asked him how much coffee he had this morning. Uh, Jeff, say hello slowly. Hi, Mark. Hi, Christine. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having Hi, me. Jeff. Thank you so much for joining us today, Jeff. Oh, yeah, my God. You. And and uh, I know we're not videotaped, but you thought I was tall? It's like big guy in a little jacket sitting to my left. Jeff Quebec is like nine feet tall. No, he's he he's, he's six foot three, but he's he's a he's a big man. Normally, I'm the biggest guy in the room. Not today. Not today. <laughs> Viking. All right. So, um, Jeff comes to us all the way from your local, right? I am. Yes, Acton, Mass. Okay. All right. And Jeff, Christine, why don't you do the setup? Okay. You're more familiar with this. So, uh, Jeff and I are old friends. Um, When I first met Jeff, Jeff was working in admissions at the Eagle Brook School in Deerfield, Mass. And Eagle Brook is a boarding school. It's a junior boarding school that serves a really special population of young men. Um, And the campus is unbelievable. And I did not know until we had a pre-interview meeting that you had basically started the architecture program at Eagle Brook School and and then transitioned into admissions, which I found to be fascinating. Um, so, Jeff, welcome. It's been it's probably been at least two decades. Well, you guys haven't you haven't seen each other. I know we did a pre jam. We but did. But um, no, actually, no, we saw each other we a few weeks ago other, okay. um, right. in September. We did in September. Yeah. yeah. At, at the School at Connections Conference. Fair. But. So the. <laughs> The theme of today's podcast uh, are centered around school and education and admissions. So we were just talking to, you know, you know, Patrick Finn. I do. Um, Patrick's a great guy. So I'm not, I'm a product of public schools in New York for better or for worse, right? And I happen to learn a lot today about some of the stigma or lack thereof, of boarding schools. I think maybe it has... Well, the power, the stigma that perhaps you might have had before Patrick spoke about the powers. uh, Yeah, 100%. Like, I used to think it was a bunch of rich, douchey Mm -hmm. kids, right? Uh, I'm sure their element is there. But now it seems to have uh, equalized itself where there's more economically challenged kids from different races... And, and financial backgrounds. Is that, that's, does that seem about right? Like, has it changed? Like I that? think that's true, Mark. I also would say that I am a proud product of public school. Yes! And and he is also Dr. Jeff Quebec. Oh, yes. I know that. We have a doctor in the house. And and the other thing I guess I need to say about Jeff and our career. I got this rash, Jeff. Can you, can you look at this rash? Hang on. <laughs> Not that kind of doctor, Mark. Please, Dude, put you, it away. You say doctor. I think I got a rash. <laughs> but Jeff um, is now sort of on the other side. He's no longer in admissions, and he will tell us a little bit about his practice um, as an educational wait, consultant, wait. but also about his other vision. Now, okay, okay, I, okay. Literally, Christine and I are going to have an arm wrestling match uh, in in a moment. So um, during the uh, during the, the the couple of minutes of, of pre jam, I, I learned that Jeff 
I went to Syracuse University and was a sportscaster. I was. Dude. WJPZ. WJPD from Harvard and Highway, Syracuse. Yes. <laughs> You're listening to Central New York Sports Authority, WJPZ Syracuse, Z89. Jesus, Ooh, dude. Yes. I like that. <laughs> you got a voice on you, man. Jesus. Yes. It was fun. If the day job doesn't work, you could always you know, go, go back into radio or I don't know. <laughs> or be a podcast person. Yes. Who knows? Yes. yes. Who knows? Yes. Okay. But it's interesting, though, Mark, what you were saying about uh, boarding schools. I think it's so true where there's certainly a lot of stereotypes associated with them. And understandably, it's from the, the movies, media, the stories that sell, right? The controversial Absolutely. stories. Um, it's not the feel-good stories and the positive stories that come that happen every single day on the campuses of these boarding schools. And, and Jeff, you sort of, once you found boarding schools, you became a lifer for better or for worse. I mean, you now work with boarding schools and boarding school-bound kids. But the um, reality is, as a public school kid, like, please tell us how you even found boarding school. Yeah, great, great question, Christina. Uh, so, as a young, I guess uh, you know, young adolescent, um, a young lad from Massachusetts, yes. Yeah. Are you? You are from Massachusetts, I am. yes. Yeah. So I grew up in Acton, went to Acton Boxborough, and uh, I think Acton Boxborough Regional High School has a good reputation as a strong public school in the state. And I personally think I had a great experience. I think I, gr- I received a great education. And um, so what? So what made you go into the private sector then? If you were a public guy. Uh, did you have friends who were in who were in private? Did you like their fancy uniforms? Were you just like, <laughs> I want to wear khakis and a sweater and a blazer with a patch on it? Like that's for me. Like how does how does one go from public to private? Well, I certainly knew students that went to boarding schools uh, from the area, but most of them were day students. I think we are so blessed because there are so many you know, like great public schools. There's also many great boarding schools. In right, the area. like right in your area, there's Middlesex and Concord and probably Lawrence, Lawrence Academy, Academy Groton and Groton School. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So there were yeah, definitely yeah. students that went there but there weren't a lot and i think one of the reasons is because we had such a good public school system so for a lot of families we had good academics yep good sports yep mm-hmm. good arts um so my sister and i are both graduates of ab and for my brother when the time came um he started exploring some different options and those options were options other than acton boxborough hmm. and, and and why was he yeah. was he a genius was he uh, a high level athlete what was it I think for my or bro- was it a combination? Yeah, he was definitely a good student academically, but I think for my brother, a lot of it was athletics, and it was ice hockey. And certainly, Acton Boxborough does have a rich tradition of many great student athletes that have come out in the sport of ice hockey. But was he a hockey? Was, that was what, back in the day. You, so your brother's a hockey player. He is. Yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah. Got it. What position? And uh, so he was a forward, a center. Okay. Yeah, center, right. some center, some wing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so interesting. So my brother was going through the process and looking at some of those day schools you mentioned earlier. And my parents and my brother were visiting them, and he was definitely being recruited by a lot of coaches. And at the time, you know, as you're going through the process, uh, what age are coaches looking at him? Uh, middle school. Wow, it was a middle school, and yeah. so I think he was, he was a standout. He was like a phenom. He was uh, he, he was doing quite well. I mean, and he was also playing a year ahead. He was playing with older you know older kids okay. his whole life. Right. Yeah. So when you're standing out, plus you're also at an age level higher. You know, kids are older than you. Yeah. Um, it makes it you know stand a little more. And so they started looking at schools, and I think my parents were started thinking, okay, well, this is going to be interesting because if he ends up going to one of these schools, and if he's lucky to be accepted and enrolls, you got to start to figure things out in regards to transportation, mm-hmm. you know, getting there, dropping him off, picking him up. Yep. And, uh, there was a coach at the time who was at um, uh, one of the boarding schools out in Western Mass, Deerfield Academy, mm-hmm. had reached out 
and reached out to my parents and I think maybe had saw my brother play at a uh, showcase or a tournament or event or something. Yeah, I was going to ask, how do they even find these kids? Are there, like, so my daughter plays hockey. Are there people in the stands looking? Yeah, very for... much so. Okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, absolutely. well, let us tell you a little yeah. bit about the pre-prep showcase. <laughs> oh, well, thank you very much. <laughs> so my brother basically was, and we'll get to that, but my brother basically <laughs> was, uh, uh, you know, seen by the coach there and um, he basically invited my brother and my parents out to visit campus. And I think they kind of went on the approach of, sure, we'll go check it out. What do we have to lose? Mm-hmm. But really no intention, I don't think, of him going out there and being a student there. And they got in the car afterwards. And as most students would have the conversation with their parents, so what do you think yeah. as you get in the car? And yeah. so the response by all of them was, this is awesome. Like, we love it. Oh, shit. That's and, a, wow. Right. Yeah. And I think at first, while you couldn't deny the fact that it's a beautiful school, beautiful campus, great ice hockey program, it's something that really wasn't necessarily at the time thinking it was going to be in the cards. Right. And one thing led to another. And I think it's always important when you you're, you feel the love yeah. being recruited. Yeah. yeah. And my brother applied there and ended up um, being accepted and enrolling and went to Deerfield Academy for four years. And Deerfield Academy is a premier institution. It is. Right? Yeah, like, is it like a hot kiss Exeter, yeah. like up in that, yeah. up yes. in that, yeah. that region, yes. like that so. level? Yes. Okay. Yeah, very much so. And so I think, you know, during the time then, I remember at the t- I was out at Syracuse and... Um, I remember I used to come back and used to visit my brother. He used to come visit him, watch him play, you know, sporting events. And he was a three-sport athlete. And especially during the hockey season, I'd come back to some of those games. And being in the dormitory with some of his dorm parents and meeting them, in many cases, they were only a couple years older than me. They were young yeah. teacher, coach, dorm parents, as they referred to as the triple threat, and really became intrigued by it. That's interesting. So well, something we talked about in, in one of our last episodes, this episode right before this, was about... The level of education, whether one is better than the other, perfect person to ask is yourself, your public school, your brother's private school. Like, what are the advantages, disadvantages of each? And do you feel that your brother may have had an advantage from an educational point of view because he went to a private, a private academy? Well, I think a couple things. One is I always say what's the right school for one boy or girl doesn't mean it's right for your son or daughter. So yep. it's about finding that right fit and whether right. that's public, private, parochial, charter. You know, there's a lot of great schools out there. Uh, but I certainly think a lot of the education that takes place at an independent boarding school takes place beyond the four walls of the classroom Okay, because you're living there. Right. And that was sort of actually the focus of my doctoral studies on the values and benefits of independent boarding school. Um, and, 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 and okay, just, just to like take you along that pathway for a second – what did you find were the three top values and benefits of going to boarding school? I'm yeah. just curious as a mother of a boarding school kid and a day school kid myself. Your, you should ask your kid that. <laughs> you should ask your kids well, that. Well, I, I will, but I, I'm curious you because what, he's what got the doctor a doctorate. You, well, he, okay, he, doctor, he's got Quebec. his doctorate in it, you know? This is true. Sure. So I don't know if I have any the rankings of the top three, but I think certainly uh, – you know, an expression is often used. There's no hiding in the back of the classroom. Yep. Uh, so everyone, size. everyone gets called on. Everyone yes. has well, to participate. I think so. Okay. I th- and I think it's hard to be silent. And okay. Because the classes are so small, right? Absolutely. All right. And so I think that's a big thing. I think the other thing is that you, you get to know each other, teacher, faculty, staff, and they get to know you in a different way. What I mean by that is that you may form relationships with faculty or staff that you meet through the dining hall. Because yeah. you sit at their table, yeah, and you maybe have never had a class with them, or they don't live in the same dorm as you, or have never had, you know, you've never had them as a coach, right? And some of those bonds and relationships they're lifelong, yeah. And so I think it's a lot of that, and I think also the idea 
that at independent boarding school, unlike a lot of, say, public schools, you're not teaching to the test. Yeah. Wait, say that last part again. You're not teaching. You're not teaching to the test. Interesting. Meaning, in, That's interesting. Some people might argue here, like in Massachusetts, with the required MCATs. Yeah. Or whether whether people feel they're right or wrong or good yeah. or bad, there's yeah. a lot of pressure. There's a lot of yeah. pressure for not only the students and the families, but also on the teachers the and the school and the systems. Teachers, yes, and you see it when schools maybe do not have the accomplishments and achievements that the state wants them to have. There's a lot of pressure on those school systems. Yeah. So we we, we talked earlier about um, relationships that teachers have with students that you don't see anymore because it would be air quotes ghastly for a teacher to give a student a ride home. Uh, Patrick was telling us about he was asked to stay after to clap the erasers. And I kind of laughed. I'm like, is this like the little rascals? Like, what are we talking about? But, and that, and your parents didn't, you didn't have a cell phone. They didn't call you. They didn't worry. Uh, and the teacher dropped you home, gave you a high five and said, see you later. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, like you would never have that today in most public schools, but it sounds like in these private in, or these private institutions you you can build that relationship and i mean to me that builds a level of trust and transparency and i think you learn better in environments it's kind of like not like when you want to please your parents or you want to please somebody but like some people have a a vibe that you want to perform for them because they will be proud of you right and the type of relationship that you described with the student and teacher in the cafeteria kind of reminds me of that, that you they, they bring something out of you that makes you want to excel because of keeping it authentic, right? Keeping it personal. Well, and, and, to, be, and to feel connected, I think, you know, like I think that's, that's really, really important and probably missing in a lot of the interactions kids deal with today. I think so. I think when my parents, or they dropped off my brother at boarding school, um, certainly it's an emotional time because, you know, here you have your youngest child going away to boarding school, yeah. even though they weren't far away, yeah. they knew they were gonna see him. It wasn't a plane ride away, it was a car drive away. Yeah. Um, it's emotional. And yeah. as they were helping him getting his room organized and was getting ready to say goodbye and leaving, my mother got a little emotional and started yeah. to have, you know, cry yeah. a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember my brother basically, uh, the story was that he basically said, you know, get your act together. I mean, don't go out in that hallway and embarrass me. Oh, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. Uh, Dude, I'm, yeah. I get that every day. Yeah. Dad, turn down the radio. No, nobody wants to hear the music. You're embarrassing me. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, my mother would share that when my mother and father were driving home during that car ride home, she was absolutely emotional. She was crying. Yeah. And it was, you know, it's a difficult uh, decision to make. But at the end of the day, you make those decisions because you know they're the right decisions for your child and no one knows what's right or wrong or better for your parent i'm sorry better for your child than a parent yeah, yeah. yeah. and you cried christine when you dropped off c right um the first time i dropped her off yeah. i did not cry because myra my my wonderful colleague and and assistant at work was like don't you like <laughs> don't you embarrass need her. to be strong oh not, don't not you in front of her. don't you yeah. get you know yeah. emotional yeah. in front of her but as soon as i left i yeah. cried you know, I it's it was, hard. I, I think, you know, literally, you know, this is like you said, it's pre-cell phone time. Yeah. And so you're yeah. you're using the dorm phone at the time and there's other students uh, probably lined up. Yep. And that's not always easy when there's maybe someone you know that's right behind your son or daughter waiting to use the phone yeah, back yeah, in the yeah, day. Yeah, 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 yeah. And my parents would have some good conversations and he seemed like he was very happy because he was happy. Yeah. And I think my parents said that really what sealed the deal for them was the next time they went out there it was probably on the Saturday for a sporting event. Yeah. And first and foremost, when you see your child's happy, right? That's sure. most important because yeah. they're not going to achieve success in the classroom in the playing field, they're not happy. Yeah. yeah, And I think the second thing was to see how many people, not only did he know, but who knew him. Yeah. 
And it had only been maybe several days and people that were calling him by name, whether it be peers or be faculty or staff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a pretty proud moment, I think, as yeah. a parent. And I think that's something special that boarding schools do a really yeah. good job at. So would that be would that be quality number three that is important? That, I think it is. I think it's that up there, being yeah. known the, being known, being seen, being validated on a regular basis just for very much you know, so. Yeah. I think so. And I think also with that, I think the schools do a great job, good and bad, when your when your child's having some challenges and struggles too, communicating. Yeah. And communicating with families and personalizing that communication. Absolutely. And, you know, as you know, being a consultant, we see a lot of recommendations and references from teachers. And you can really tell which teachers really know that child. Yes. And which ones are sort of the cookie cutter template letters and comments. Yeah. Well, I, I think you see that in every aspect of business, right? The business of education, the business of software, which is what I do, mm-hmm. you know, whatever that is. Jeff, my, my question is. Today, there are so many outside influences, right? There's so many distractions. For example, my my eldest at the time, she was 10. We got her cell phone at 10 years old because her babysitter never came to the house. And she was standing there at a 10-year-old, like, by herself until the bus driver dropped off her younger sister. And she ran up to the street. And the bus driver's like, what are you doing here? Took her home, got her cell phone. My question is, the challenges and the pressures that these schools now have because of cyberbullying. Dude, when I was bullied as a kid, it was meet you at the flagpole, I'm going to kick your ass and I'm going <laughs> to and I'm going to give you a wedgie, yeah. right? right? And I'm going to rub dirt in your face and I'm going to punch you with my fists. And then and then you're going to go home and you're not going to have to deal with me anymore cuz it's over. Correct. Right. It's over. It's done. You wipe the blood from your face. Uh, you're not being harassed. Like, so how do outside influences, how is that controlled in these environments? And like, do educators have to be t- trained? Like, dude, uh, uh, one other thing, like, I, I'm a kid of the 80s. And things like anxiety and depression and mental health really weren't diagnosed. We're like, oh, Mark's just a, he's just a strange kid, right? He's just a loner. He's just a whatever. No, this kid has fucking depression. No, this kid has this or this and this. How are teachers now educated to look out for red flags, green flags in some cases, red flags in others? Well, certainly boarding schools aren't exempt to those challenges. Um, you know, certainly, you, as you mentioned, both, uh, both of us coming from public school, and we saw some of those issues, but boarding schools have those challenges too. I think one of the differences is that boarding schools work with communities that are extremely diverse, and they take a lot of pride in that. So if any, you might say their challenges um, are a little more sophisticated in that you're dealing with people from all different walks of life. Mm. And, and how, does, how does depression perhaps manifest in one culture versus another? You know, like if, if so. a kid is being quiet, is that you know, immediately assumed to be or something wrong or sure. is it cultural? Yeah. What's yeah. culturally right. acceptable in one place versus another place? Yeah. Absolutely. So I, I think boarding schools become experts in that area and they have to. Right. Well, and I also think that boarding schools are interesting in that if you are living as part of a living and learning community, then, you know, a dorm parent or a coach is going to notice like, oh, Johnny's looking 
Johnny's Johnny's acting a little differently today than he was when I saw him when I was on dorm duty last night yeah, yeah. and he was like, you know, hamming it up with his friends. Like I think they're they're able to see that more so than we do because we see our kids when they come home mm-hmm. and we're not necessarily constantly sort of seeing them throughout the day um, or at least the teachers aren't seeing them when they come home, for example, you know, whereas in a boarding school, it's all encompassing. And I think I wonder sometimes whether those environments are more conducive to kids, mental health issues, for example, being brought to light or or being dealt with in a more efficient way than perhaps we're able to in day schools or even in public schools. And and I don't know the answer to that, but I wonder. Well, I certainly think that when we speak about students and you speak about their strengths or areas that maybe they need to work on or things they need to improve, that often boarding schools, when they receive those, they realize that maybe this list is quite different. Yeah. Mm. That there's many more strengths because there's things that are untapped or they haven't been exposed to different opportunities. Yep. And then on the flip side, there can be some gaps. And those gaps may date back to kindergarten or first mm. grade. Uh, and especially when you are dealing with students who come from all over the globe. Mm-hmm. So, Je- Jeff, I- I'm going to bring you to like the- It's Dr. Quebec. Dr. It's Quebec. Dr. Quebec. Dr. Quebec. <laughs> Jeff. Um, I know that we could potentially say that your zero hour moment was spending time visiting your brother that ultimately sort of put you on a trajectory towards uh, being an educator at these boarding schools and, you know, an admissions officer. And then now to studying boarding schools, becoming an, an expert with that field of study and also being an educational consultant and uh a person who brings schools and scholar athletes together at a much younger age than the college recruitment reality. So can you speak a little bit to your work and how how you ended up taking over or becoming affiliated with or starting the pre-prep showcase? Mm-hmm. Sure. So this is now the 30th uh, anniversary of the pre-prep showcase. Nice. And um, the pre-prep showcase is uh, something I own and I had a business partner for 20 years. Um, and did you start it? Bob Rotundo. And so I, I worked with Bob to build it up. And after 20 years, um, basically, we were diff- b- b- basically moving in different directions. And um, Bob, I was able to bu- I basically bought him out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bob's still a great friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, was, it was a great situation. There was nothing controversial behind it. And the pre-prep showcase essentially, I think, stands by the core values, what I believe in. And the values of being able to receive an edu- you know st- strong quality education and in this case it happens to be through the sport of ice hockey so it affords the opportunity for boys and girls to come from all over the globe yep. and to learn about the many fine independent school opportunities through the sport of ice hockey this past summer in our 29th annual pre-prep showcase we had student athletes from four continents six countries and 28 different states and provinces wow, wow. so how many how many kids are we talking about uh, this past year, we had about 225 student-athletes. Wow. Jesus. Yeah. And and how many schools? Uh, generally, we have between 30 to 40 schools each year. And wow. they're coming from all, pretty much U.S. and Canada all over, um, even the, you know, the western part of the, uh, North America. Okay, so so what does that look like? I, I'm, like, fascinated because I haven't seen it in action, right? Mm-hmm. You rent out a big rink or a couple of rinks? Like, how do you... Yeah, so the pre-prep showcase is based on the New England Sports Center in Marlboro, which I believe is one of the largest in the U.S. It is. Yeah. Uh, it's be- big. Yeah. A beautiful facility. And uh, they're awesome there. 
And, uh, and then the off-ice activities are out of held out of the Boxborough Regency Hotel and Conference Center, which is further north on 495. Mm-hmm. Okay. And one of the reasons it's there is we need a facility that's large enough to accommodate our different off-ice activities. So do you take over the whole hotel? We do. With ho- 225 kids? We do. The hotel sells out. Yeah. Nice. Wow. Yeah. And certainly we have students that come from commuting distances too. So it's yeah. not all people that are needing to stay at hotels. And it's it's funny when I'll often get emails from parents asking me, especially ones that live five, 10 minutes away, if they are required to stay at the hotel. Because unfortunately, there are sports programs that do that. And I say, absolutely not. No. <laughs> I mean, if you no. live, if you live yeah. five minutes down the road, yeah. you can commute. You don't need yeah. to stay at the hotel. And so what we do is we kick things off with, I have a great staff who works. I mean, actually, they're awesome. And some real veteran members that have been with me for quite a number of years. And Are they all former athletes? All your staff? Uh, I would say all, uh, they could be, but my yeah. staff, I'd say um, they all have some sort of connection to independent boarding schools. Okay. Whether it would be uh, a couple women whose children all went to boarding school or even who currently work in boarding schools to, I have young high school and college kids that work for me that are either currently or graduates of boarding school. And more often than not, the the, young, the youth that work for me, they're hockey players. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, just because they understand the sport. And so, what what is the uh, what is your goal for the kids to come out of this? Yeah, great question. So, to I come out uh, with. Uh, so, Mark, I have two goals, right. and I say this to the parents: the first goal is that I want you on Sunday to be able to come up to me, both student athlete and parent alike, yeah. and say, "Wow, Jeff, we learned." Okay. So much this weekend. So think of that concept. You're going to a, a, an athletic showcase or a camp and to walk yeah. away saying, I learned a lot. Yeah. And the second one is they had a lot of fun. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And realistically, I think if we check those two boxes, you've done a great job. And whether your team wins every game or loses every game, and certainly we want great competition. It's the best way to evaluate talent would be yep. close, tight-knit games. But it's not about winning the gold medal or you know who, who's advancing, who gets eliminated, who's got the MVP, trophies, awards. You know, We're not into that. We kick things off after registration. Uh, it's really fun. Todd Angeli, who's the uh, NHL singer for the Boston Bruins, okay, uh, sings the U.S. and Canadian national anthems, and certainly a really, fun way. Yeah, well, that's it's a great cool. way to kind of get things kicked off. And then we have a keynote speaker every year. And then, do uh, the kids get nervous? Are they? Uh, do they? Do they get like stage fright? Do they get? Because listen, I know my daughter gets nervous before her games, right? Um, do kids typically get nervous? And sometimes when you're nervous, you don't you don't perform your best. Like when my daughter first started driving, I'm like, do not get nervous behind the wheel. Like you'll get into an accident. Just be chill. So what do you say to a kid? This is a big deal for them. They've traveled to another, from another continent, right? And they're being evaluated. It's more so the parents. To be quite honest oh, really? Here. Okay. <laughs> I mean, certainly, you know, kids can have And the nerves. kids just want to come and play. Yeah, they, they, right? they want to just have fun enjoy it but i think certainly and meet other kids from all over the world and country right absolutely. and, and certainly to be a teammate or a line mate with someone from another part of the you know the globe that's awesome yeah and i think what we do too is when we form the teams is that i really work to create you know a balance as far as talent as much as you can evaluate onto paper but also geographic distribution where i'll mix kids up if i have two student athletes coming from a unique market i absolutely do not want them on the same team and so one thing we do not do is when parents will say oh well can you know, Susie be on Mary's team or can Johnny be with Billy is that we intentionally try to break them up because part of that goal is to be maybe a lot of your comfort zone or meet student athletes from different locations. Do they send you clips before like, <laughs> well, I, I can't say it hasn't occurred, but generally yeah. speaking, no, yeah, yeah, okay. Okay. I'm not, okay. not looking for that. Right. But certainly I think there's definitely parents during the arrival 
who will confront my staff and myself with a million questions. And I think that, and that's understandable. They're excited, they're nervous, they're not really sure. And our biggest thing is just sort of put them at ease and say, don't worry, you know, we feel we have got a really well-oiled machine now in our 30th year and that at the end of the weekend, one of our boxes we are looking to check off is that you've learned a lot. So, so so what do they learn about Jeff, right? Because you said, hey, you know, athletic showcase, usually uh, the outcome is not going to be I learned a lot, right? It could be I had fun, I made connections with coaches or whatever it is, but it might not be I learned a lot. When you say, hey, we have created an intentional program that is in its 30th year and is tremendously successful, like... And, and one of our outcomes or our goals is to ensure that kids have learned a lot. What does that mean? Like, wh- what kind of a keynote speaker are you going to end up with? What kinds of lessons as a doctor um, in transformative education, i.e. boarding schools, are you hoping that these kiddos come away with by the end of that program? Well, I think a couple of things. I think one is from our, some of our keynote speakers, we're all look, also looking for life skills. Yeah. Meaning it doesn't necessarily have to be hockey specific. And even some of those speakers are the best speakers that, you know, basically lessons that students can take away that will carry them no matter what direction they go. Because let's be honest, I mean, what is the direction a lot of these student athletes are going to go? And for most of them, it's not going to be playing at the professional ranks in any right. sport. Right. Um, they're going to be professional in something else, really. You know, it's funny. It's funny that, that, that you mentioned like life lessons. So I was I was just at a conference in Austin. I'm going to refer to it as like the unconference because it was unlike anything I've ever experienced. Conferences tend to be very materialistic, very impersonal. You look at someone's badge. It's not the person you're looking for. You move on, which is gutless, right? Right. And their theme was or is humanity, right, and authenticity. So the speakers they had weren't necessarily – all of them weren't necessarily specific to – media and marketing and software and, and like that stuff. But they had a speaker on, and Christina, I was thinking about you, mindfulness, right? They had a speaker on, uh, they had these two doctors coming from University of Texas at Austin about uh, love and relationships, right? Wow. So it was the unconference and it was it was kind of nice to have these different perspectives because no one likes going to an impersonal event. Like, right. show us something different that we could actually take with us. Like, and I can remember a year from now or, or reach out to. And it sounds like, in part, this is what some of the kids are getting out of the speakers that you, you incorporate. It, this is about life. It's about, you know, humanity, as it were. You know, like, let's give them what they need from a professional, from a sporting perspective, but also from, like, a life perspective as well. I think so. But also on top of that, Mark, we are definitely also having speakers that speak about the application process, the interview process. I mean, you know, so there's the technical aspects of that. And, you know, certainly that can be an intimidating and scary uh, process for a young student, a young boy or girl who's going to sit in front of an adult for the first time and be asked questions. That can be quite intimidating. So I think the idea that sort of coaching them through that process and also coaching the parents and, you know. So do the parents attend as well? They do. Are they there with you? With the yes, kids? Yes. Yep. So the present, the, definitely the presentations are geared towards you know, the family members and for the parents. So for all four you, days, because it's a four-day thing, right? Correct. Yep. Wow. So as you know, I mean, the parents are a big part of this process. And certainly if you're looking to pursue an independent school education, it's a big investment. Yeah. Dude, when I, when I showed up to my college, I showed up with a check and a number two pencil. <laughs> like, yeah. that was it. I didn't, you know, my 17-year-old my is now going through that process of looking at schools and I asked Christine, I'm like, what does it mean to like look at school? She goes, you know, to see if, if they like the environment. I'm like, what? 
What do you mean it's they like the environment? I just showed up. I but showed it, up and also, here it is. All right, it's also, go. also, like, think about it, right? For a lot of these kids who are looking at boarding schools who might come to, to Jeff's program, like... You know, it's it's like a that's 60, what the internet is for. It's, it's a sixty to seventy thousand dollar or seventy five thousand dollar you know it. investment, yeah. right? Yeah. You want to be there. You want to know as much as you can. Just like you know, it, it it's like ninety thousand dollars to attend BU these days, right? So if you're going to end up spending some some amount close to that, then you sure as hell better know you're going to like it and you're not going to want to come home halfway through the year, right? I agree. I also think it's safe to say that our families who participate in the pre-prep showcase, they value education. Yeah. There's so many opportunities for student athletes throughout the summer months. Every single weekend, there's multiple events all over the North America. Mm-hmm. And so I think definitely for the families that are registering their sons and daughters to attend the pre-prep showcase, the education is a high priority for them. And they understand the importance, the value of receiving right. education. And we certainly appreciate that too. And I think the schools appreciate that, knowing that these are basically families that are serious and they're trying to find what the right fit and what, you know, what is the right fit for my child. And so we also do a luncheon. Last year, we served 550 people, all you can eat buffet luncheon, head table, panel of speakers. And we speak about the independent school process. And while the people, I think the panel is about 16 people, they're not speaking specifically about their school in that situation, but rather about the process, question and answers. The question and answer session goes on for about a good hour. And it's awesome. It's really informative. And then we go across the hall and across the hall, we have a school fair, which we also open free to the public. So anyone can come off the street and attend the fair. Uh, The information is on preprepshowcase.com. If you want to check it out, you can follow us on social media. Preprepshowcase.com. And our, our idea is, especially for schools that are coming from distances, they're looking for first and foremost, basically great, great boys and girls, great students. So, so Jeff, what percentage do you think of the kids who attend pre-prep showcase decide to sort of follow through and actually apply and potentially attend boarding schools? I think it's very high. I think in you know 30 years, there's a tremendous amount of student athletes that have played in the pre-prep showcase who have advanced and have moved on to these schools. And it's exciting to follow and exciting to watch. And I think for most of them, it's maybe been their first introduction to these schools or the idea that you've met a coach or you've met an admissions officer. And now when you visit their campus and you're on site, you've now had that familiar face. So when you've developed this relationship, and I think that definitely helps to ease the process or the nerves. Um, all of our coaches behind the benches are prep school coaches. We rotate them every game. Yep. So it's a great chance for exposure. And, and like you mentioned, Mark, earlier, you've got coaches in the stands that are watching. Yeah. Um, every student athlete's on the ice for five times, one practice run by prep school coaches and four games. And everyone's guaranteed the four games. There's mm-hmm. no mm-hmm. who's going to going yep. advance in the semifinals or quarterfinals. Mm-hmm. Every the same number of games. And you know, for us, I think in 30 years, the pre-prep showcase, the best form of advertising has always been word of mouth. Mm-hmm. That's I, awesome. I hear, I hear that a lot about about this type of business. Is that word of mouth and Christine's business yeah, as well? My, my business is totally word of mouth. So I'm, I'm remembering the LLKB, the Keith Bernard uh, podcast yes. from last week. He's a he's a Hotchkiss guy, right? And he he was being recruited by Exeter and by Hotchkiss, and he went to Hotchkiss because they wanted him. They paid for him to come visit. They, the way he described it is they- They made him feel important. Correct. You feel the love. Yeah. Correct, correct, correct. So when these kids are doing these pre-prep showcases, I'm curious, I'm just kind of thinking on the fly here, what percent, um, arguably, uh, have like a a reality check, right? And like, I'm really not as good as these kids, right? And like, 
can this help me get better? Is this really what I want to do? You know, there's there are these videos of how I think I look, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. And, and versus how look. versus how I actually look. And and dude, I run or I lumber through the woods, and how I think I look is like a Viking with the hair blowing back, and I'm like <laughs> a little blood on the cheek because I'm working out hard. And how I actually look is like an overweight, overgrown like boy, man boy, right? Who's like limping because he's got a busted knee and ankle. Like that's how I. It's a, it's a great point. I think for the student athletes, I think what's really important for them, no matter what sport you're playing or you're interested in, is to go attend the games. Go watch them in person. And I'm not speaking over video or the internet. And I think for most student athletes, and I'm not speaking about the parents, but for most student athletes, if they're honest with themselves, and I think most of them are, they know where they fit in talent-wise. Now that's not always the case with the parents. So they're self the kids are self more self aware than the parents. I think the kids most of the time, especially when it comes to say even the selection of teams and sporting you know sporting men sporting teams, they pick the best teams. They know who the top players are. They yeah. know where they fit in if they're honest themselves. And I think generally they are. But I think for the parents, now that's a different story. You know, sometimes you know, the parents just certainly do have those rose colored glasses and see their child a different light. If anything, I'm the most critical. Of my kid when she's on the ice. Yeah, but I yeah. think I think that that puts you honestly in the one percent. I feel the same way about my kid, and I would say that I probably sort of my my kids usually say you don't think I'm as good as I am. Like you really underestimate me, or do you think I'm not capable of? Like, let me prove you wrong. No, of course you're of capable of it. So, like, when my daughter has a game and. It's amazing how parents know their kids' body language. She's got I, – I know how she skates. I know how her shoulders roll when she's not feeling confident or comfortable. Or, or she, when she's tired. Or when she's tired. I can tell yep. when she's tired. And we'll be in a car on a ride back. And when I know she's had a shit game, I'll be like, how do you think you did? Totally. And she'll say, yeah. I had a shit game, Dad. And I'm embarrassed. Yeah. Right. And, and she also knows how you feel based upon the way you worded that question. Of course. Let's be honest. Right? Of course. Of course. Of course. <laughs> right. um, so I think kids being self-aware is important. And it, you're, you're right. It's mostly about the parents who are just like, no, my, my kid is in that YouTube video, you know, running through the woods. Right? Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. So, so pre-prep showcase this year. August 1st to the 4th? It is, August 1st to 4th. So the pre-prep showcase always starts on the first Thursday of August. So this year, hence, as you mentioned, it's August 1st to the 4th. Yep. And, um, and tell me um, tell me a little bit about the age range. Like, is it always a certain range of ages that you work with every year? It is. So this year, it's for boys and girls born in 2009, 10, and 11. So it's always that three-year gap. Okay. And so okay. it just you know, ro- rotates through. So so then those kids would be matriculating as possibly 11th graders, 10th graders, or 9th graders in the future year. Is that correct? Uh, well, it depends on their apply. The, the, the student athletes are definitely a bit younger, so it depends whether they decide to pursue the opportunity. Okay. You know, okay. so certainly it's an August event. Yep. So most of the student athletes are then looking to start visiting schools in the next year or two. Yep. They're not looking to necessarily enroll that September. Right, right, now, right. there are some cases where sometimes that does occur, but that's not as common. Right. You know, that's really accelerating the process at that point. Okay. Um, okay. And for us, our, like I said, our best advertising is word of mouth. We do get student athletes who return. Sometimes they might arrive the first year and so they want to come back again. Maybe they felt they've grown or they've developed and or they're really focusing on certain schools and a chance to get that level of exposure. Um, Absolutely. And it's it's just it's just hockey, right? It is. Okay. Uh, and that was 
chosen because of your brother, right? Or yeah, I think or so. In yourself, and yeah. your own interest, right? yeah, my own interest. You know, okay. starting you know coaching myself, and you know, okay. coached for a lot of years, and just always been passionate about the sport, and you know, working with the sport. And um, what and advice I, would you give parents, like? As they go through the process, especially yeah. when you've got a high-level athlete, right? I, th- I think the biggest advice I give a, a parent would be to make sure that education is the number one priority. Excellent. Yeah. Um, I think that's the number one. Excellent. Make sure that's the foundation. And for the student athletes, the advice I would give them is to, I always say that when I present is read, read, read. Really? Yeah, to read a lot of books uh, and to find things, especially for student athletes who might say, well, I don't like to read. There's there's items out there you can find to you enjoy. Sure. You can yeah. find the topics, but you got to invest in it. It's like anything else. If you're going to go to the gym and work out, or you're looking to lose weight, or yeah. you yeah. need to be committed to it. Yeah. yeah. And so I think it's really important to do that. And so I think that we try to bring forth a lot of people that are experts in independent boarding schools and ice hockey and have some really interesting presentations. And so often too, we hear from the parents where they'll comment as they're going back home and departing on Sunday is, wow, this is awesome. And sometimes the messages may be similar to what they've been saying as parents. But as you mentioned about your daughter, does she really want to hear from dad what dad has to say? Right. No, no. no. And, you know, it's so funny because as as a consultant working with kids primarily from the college perspective, I know your your grouping is is a little younger. And I, and I do work with that younger group, but not as many. Um, I often hear, hey, thanks for... Thanks. Like, basically, I'm so glad that I'm paying you the big bucks to basically tell my kid what I've been telling my kid for years. Isn't and somehow funny? you get through to them and I don't. You're, right? re- Which you're is reinforcing it. So they're yes. hearing that they didn't want to hear that message from their home front. Right. But now they're hearing from other people. So I think that's something that is really important. And they're hearing the message sometimes re- repeated throughout the whole weekend by different people. It's being worded different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, because pe- people that are at the pre-prep showcase, the coaches and the admissions officers are people that are, they're in it thick and thin and they love it. They love boarding schools and they're passionate about it. As an educational consultant, Jeff, um, uh, and as somebody who's seen so many different athletes uh, go through the process, but has educated so many different populations over the years, um, what is your best advice to families as they look at various different prep school options, right? Because there are so many different schools, different sizes, different, you know, different programs, different philosophies guiding them. Like, how do you, how do you give advice to, you know, parents as they potentially consider this as an option for their children. Well, it's interesting. With the pre-prep showcase, one thing I think is really nice is that if I make a sort of a generalization or stereotype, most the fam- most families that arrive do not have preconceived notions about schools, whether this school is stronger in ice hockey, this school is stronger in academics. They really are going there and just trying to say, hey, I'm trying to find the right fit for my child. That's awesome. And I really, really appreciate that. And I think the schools also appreciate that. And then, well, because fit is what we as educational consultants are really, you know, devoted to, right? And so, as an educational consultant, I think for me, when I'm working with uh, students and their families, is I really try to spread that message. And Mm. basically, the idea that you need to go out and take a look at the campus. And a lot of it is like when you purchase a vehicle or maybe purchase a home. It's a gut instinct feeling. Mm -hmm. It's a feeling you have. Maybe you can't always describe it, Mm -hmm. where you just know that this is either the right fit or the not or not the right fit. Mm. Recently, I'm working with a student, and this particular student had visited a school and 
I was asking, well, how'd the visit go? And how did the tour go? And the interview, and I was getting some great feedback, but the student was very astute to comment. But the day I was there, Jeff, it was pouring rain. It was mm. just that rain was going sideways. So I think our tour just wasn't as good as it probably could have been. It was cut short a little bit. And I was like, wow, that's a pretty m- mature response mm-hmm. for an mm-hmm. adolescent yeah. mm-hmm. you know, student to walk away because they're absolutely right. Yeah. And that is the truth. Absolutely. Um, versus that beautiful sunny day and... You just sort of stroll along campus versus hustling from building to building because the rain's coming sideways. Absolutely. And so I think as an educational consultant, I really appreciate working with students and their families from all walks of life and trying to help do exactly what you said, Christine, find that right fit and work closely with them. Has there been, um, I'm just curious, has there been an uptick in recent years of a minority class, uh, a region, um, or anything of that nature that you're starting to kind of see more? Uh, in your in your line of work? Are there more people coming from a different country, specifically? Well, I think over the years, there's definitely been an increase of international students mm-hmm. that are attending boarding schools. And I think some of that was halted mm-hmm. with COVID-19. Yeah. Yep. Some of it was not necessarily their inability to, they're not wanting to get right to the U.S. It was their inability, whether visas, they couldn't obtain them, offices right, were right. closed, or there was travel restrictions. And so there are some countries where they're still trying to get back to what it was pre-COVID. Right, and that's right. a good thing. It's a good thing for the boarding schools. And it is one of the strengths of these schools, Mark, and that you can be a classmate with a student from another Walk, walk different walks of life and yeah. parts of the world. Yeah. Well, and I think COVID also brought some exposure back to boarding schools on many levels because boarding schools were these communities that would allow for in-person learning to happen more so, especially during, you know, that sort of hybrid period of time between lockdown and, you know, things being sort of as they are today, correct? There's so many boarding schools that just did a phenomenal job during COVID and they had more control. They knew where their students are returning to different dorms mm-hmm. and they could really have a little more control. They were constantly testing Absolutely. and monitoring. And they had the yeah. ability to do that. And there were some restrictions. So there were definitely some tougher um, accommodations for the students as far as, you know, going back home and, yeah. you know, what the rules and regulations were. But they had to. They had it in order to basically make sure that they could still remain open. Yeah. And Absolutely. so I think the boarding schools should certainly be credited for the you know the job that they did and the opportunity that they continue to be able to give their students. And I think certainly similar to different schools having different experiences students had different experiences throughout COVID. And yeah. often that sometimes didn't even vary. If you especially think about kids in public schools, I'll hear stories from families who'll say, oh my God, my child just had a you know terrible experience. And there could be a student who's in the same exact school with a different class and different teacher. And they mm-hmm. had a phenomenal experience. Mm-hmm. Yep, So it Absolutely. definitely, it varies. Jeff, we could talk with you for hours about all of this and yeah, more, but no um, it's it's almost time. And I guess my, um, my reality is, hey, um, You've got a couple of websites that I think you want to highlight so that we can get in touch with you or that our listeners can get in touch with you, firstly, for the pre-prep showcase, but also if you ever wanted the guidance of Dr. Jeffrey Quebec, who has literally studied the transformative effects of boarding schools and the benefits, um, where do we go? Great. Thanks, Christine. Uh, So first of all, my pre-prep showcase website is preprepshowcase.com. And Pre-Prep Showcase is also on all the different social media channels. Mm-hmm. So feel free okay. to connect on that. Right. And then for the educational consultant services, I have a website. It's whyboardingschool.com. So whyboardingschool.com not only talks about the values and benefits of independent boarding school, but also has information on my educational consultant services. Excellent. And as I mentioned, I work with students from not only the U.S., but also abroad. 
And so for those who might be interested, but yeah, thank you very much, uh, Mark and Christine. This is awesome. And I had an opportunity to listen to several of your podcasts and uh, you're doing a great job. Glad, well, you so, knew. So. Glad you know what you were about to get yourself into. <laughs> yes, <laughs> with, yes. With, Mark with always antics. says that. Do you know what you're about to get yourself into? Thank you for sharing your story with us. This was such a pleasure and, um, and gift. Dr. Jeffrey Quebec in the house. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. All right. That's it, y'all. Zero hour. Out. Bye. Peace. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks, Jeffrey.